Hammer, it's time down. for the Hammer Down Show with Jared Jesselis. Yes. And what was that beginning, middle, and end the part again? Online at 1017thehammer.com. All right, sounds good. Let's do this. With some uh, very big past and uh, current basketball Purdue stars, uh, we want you to uh, hang out and take a listen to that. It's going to be a great event next Thursday. So uh, he's going to be on talk a little bit about what uh, it is and and what this charity that he's been doing Crew Life is all about. Uh, so he'll join us here in about 15 minutes. But let's just get right into what's going on uh, out here in the Big Ten West. The standings in absolute logjam after this weekend everybody in the west one and one except for one team the wisconsin badgers who are now oh and two and have just fired paul christ amazing i mean the shocked when i heard about this absolutely shocked because when you think of him You'd think that he's still pretty darn solid, right? Last year, nine and four, four and three in COVID, toss that out. Ten and four and nineteen, eight and five and twenty eighteen, thirteen and one and twenty seventeen, eleven and three and twenty sixteen, ten and three and twenty fifteen. Oddly enough, he has one more win and one less loss than Bo Pelini had at Nebraska, and we've seen how that program's gone. Since they said Bo was not good enough. I I saw this tweet, and this amazed me. He's a Chris is a Madison native and a Wisconsin alum. He has spent 33 of his 56 years walking this earth as either a, a kid in that town, the Badgers QB, or the UW coach. Three Big Ten West titles, couple of New Year's Six Bowls. Two-time Big Ten Coach of the Year, and they said, see you later. $16.4 million buyout, which I'm told is going to be negotiated here. Now, when people hear that, they tend to think there's something foul afoot, right? Here's We're not going to give you the whole thing, but we're going to give you a good chunk of it. You keep quiet. I don't think that there's anything... Shady going on at Wisconsin. I don't think there's anything shady with Paul Chris. That's not his M.O. Um, that is not a reputation I think that he has. Now, maybe some people do think that. Maybe some people have some first-hand accounts. But it's not something that you associate with him. I think what the most obvious thing is when you hear stuff like that is that Paul would like to... He's still a young guy, right? So he's still in his 50s. So he's not too old in coaches' terms here. I'm sure he would like to get another job someplace else, and more than likely that buyout um, will disappear if he takes another job. So 
So I'm sure him and UW said, you don't want to pay out the whole thing, and I want to go work someplace else. Let's let's work out something, which, you know, is their rights to do. I, I don't think this is like a, hey, we'll give you some of it but not all of it. Uh, I'm sure they have a, uh, you know, if you're fired with cause, i.e. something shady was going on, he wouldn't get any of it. But I saw that rumor kind of going around with it. I just, I didn't buy into it. Whether or not he deserves to be fired, look, um, Wisconsin's one of those teams that every year, they are very invested in that football program, Barry Alvarez is. And when you're not competing in the West, that's a problem for them. I think it's okay to have an off year, something happens, COVID, whatever. But maybe this thing was trending down a little bit. Maybe Alvarez saw a little bit of a warning light going off. I think this is a two-pronged decision for Alvarez here. All right, and You know he's pulling the strings and all that kind of stuff, right? And McIntosh is the AD and all that stuff. Da, 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 da. But I think there's two things at play here. One, look at what the recruiting classes have been like the last couple of years. In 2018, they were 6, 2019, 6, 2020, 5th. 2021, they were third. The last two classes, 12th in the Big Ten. Not the country, in the Big Ten. The quarterback position has been a mess since Jack Cohn left. Graham Mertz has not been in. He's not been the guy. And there's little else in that room, and there's little else on the horizon for Wisconsin to make you feel otherwise. Why? Because you know what Wisconsin is. Big guys up front that run the football, help you run the football. That's the M.O. Much like here at Purdue, the M.O. is we want to throw the ball around all over the place. It can make it tough to recruit running backs sometimes because, you know, teams like Wisconsin are going like, hey, we're going to give you the ball like 30 times. We'll give you the ball like 20, 25 times a game. That's going to happen over there? No, they want to throw the ball all over the place. But not having that quarterback is is really, really hurt them these last couple of years. The other thing is, and this is the uh, I think the more important part is, you know, they're going to give Leonard the interim coaching tag, and this is an audition for him. I think where this athletic department was saying was looking at was like, hey, listen, we're starting to see this thing go down a little bit. It needs a change. What can we do to make the change here? And two, I think Leonard was getting some calls. I think Leonard's Apes is talking to the AD like, hey, listen, we're getting some calls here. There's some good openings coming up here. We're thinking about making this move. I think Wisconsin was on the fence with Chris and said, we need to make a decision because if we stay with Paul, Leonard's leaving. Or we can give Leonard the chance and we can hold on to him. It's a risk. You have to be, to do this, you kind of have to be invested in him to be the coach. But you also have to be enough on the fence to say, hey, listen, we're not going back to Providence with the current leadership here. A change is going to be needed, and we don't want to wait till the end of the year. We want to see if we've got that guy now. I really don't think there's anything nefarious going on here. It feels... Feel bad for the kids. A lot of them were vocal on Twitter about it, that they were not happy about this. 
We'll see if it's the right choice for Wisconsin going forward. But if you start to get on the fence about your head coach at Wisconsin, and maybe one of your new targets, one of your targets if you moved on, was looking to take another job before the end of the season? Yeah. I mean, it's shocking. 9-4 and four last year. I get it. But maybe Wisconsin feels like in the Big Ten West, that's not good enough for them. That's just where their program is. Meanwhile, even Northwestern has a share of the Big Ten West right now, which is laughable. So does Nebraska. Illinois, we got to figure out just how legit these guys are going to be. Minnesota's going to be okay. Iowa, eh. but it's a wide-open conference right now. And Purdue with that win against Minnesota, um, shocking. Let's face it. We talked about it on the pregame show. You were a a double-digit underdog going into this one, into a place where um, you have historically struggled. At best, you were going to have a banged-up starting quarterback. You are now missing uh, one of your starting tackles, which sounds like for the rest of the year. No starting running back. I mean, heck, Charlie Jones is in that medical tent for a while. Don't tell me you weren't concerned. The defense really stepped up. Really stepped up. And you can't credit them enough. That is a defensive win. Couldn't be more proud to be wrong about that. But you looked at the signs. You tried to read the tea leaves. It did not look that great going into this one for Purdue. But they proved everybody wrong. Yeah, I'm I'm more than free to admit that I was wrong about that. That's easy. That is a bugaboo, um, a monkey off your back type win for the Boilermakers, who now have to go into Maryland, who had no signs of slowing down offensively here, taking care of Michigan State, who, again, I say this every week, frauds, frauds. Still a good win. Terps are rolling. They just had that one loss at Michigan by a touchdown right now. Let's say they're going to win the East, but they're starting to make some noise there at 4 and 1. And they got to love the rest of their schedule, too. So they get us this week. Then they have to go down to Indiana. Then they host Northwestern. Then they have to go up to Wisconsin. I mean, if they snuck out a win against Purdue. You're looking at 8-1 and one going into Penn State. Now, they have to finish up Penn State, Ohio State, and Rutgers. But, I mean, you got a shot at a nine-win season there. Clearly. And Lord knows what can happen in Penn State. The weather gets all bad. I mean, you, you saw what the Nittany Lions did uh, over the weekend with Rutgers. It was, I'm sorry, with Northwestern. That was not exactly a performance worthy of a top 10 team in the country, a 10-point win at home against Northwestern. But the weather really played a significant factor in that one. I don't know. This is a wild, wild Big Ten season here so far. It's hard to get bearings in this thing. It's getting very, very exciting, too. All right, we're going to... Oh, 
let's take a look at some best bets for tonight while well, we got a couple of minutes here. All right? Tonight, Monday Night Football. Rams, 49ers. Kyle Shanahan versus Sean McVay. Kyle Shanahan is 8-3 and three against the spread, including 7-2 as an underdog. Has beaten him six times in a row until that NFC Championship game collapse. But here's the thing. Shanahan is the favorite this time. He is 15-26-1 and 26 and one against the spread as a favorite. Ugh! Don't like that. San Francisco also probably missing Trent Williams, your best offense, one of the best offensive linemen in the league, if not the best. Trey Lance, eh. No Elijah Mitchell. That hurts. This, to me, feels like an under kind of night. Unders have still been hot in the NFL. They've not been as good in primetime games. The overs have been hitting in primetime games. I, I, I just... Look, I, I think Jimmy G's going to be a little bit better. Rams love to play zone coverage, and he does a good job of picking it apart. And it's going to be tough for them to go to man tonight because uh, the Rams' top two, uh, two of their starting corners, two of their top three starting corners right now, busted up, playing hurt. I think they're going to have to go to more zone tonight. Um, I just hate that 15-26-1 against the spread uh, for Kyle Shanahan as a favorite, but he has had Sean McVay's number. I just like the under in this one. I feel like that's a little bit, I mean, it's up to like 42. I think San Francisco is going to play some tremendous defense. I kind of like the 49ers in this one. I like Tyler Higby anytime touchdown score. That's up plus 280 right now. Nine catches, 75 yards, and three touchdowns in two regular season games last year against the 49ers. Not bad. Plus 280. San Francisco only gave up six touchdowns to tight ends last season. Higby had half of them with three. Might be a hot hand here tonight. And Cooper Cup's going to get a lot of attention. That usually frees up Higby. Also, Somebody told me Matt Stafford is minus 115 to throw an INT tonight. Are you serious? Pick that up. Five picks in three games against San Francisco last year. And he's already got five in three games this year. 49ers generate an awful lot of pressure so far this season as well. Stafford INT? (laughs) Yes, that's definitely on the card tonight. I like the, uh, I'm going to go roll with the under. I might play it safe here. Just go ahead with a teaser. Give myself the uh, six points with the uh, 49ers and with that uh, under, just in case. But I like Stafford, the INT tonight, and I'll sprinkle a little bit on Higby to score any time and maybe even to score first. He's got to be up there. He's got to be like, a, you think, like plus 800 tonight? I don't like Cup tonight. Everybody's offering Cooper Cup boost. That's usually a red flag for me. Tyler Higby plus 1,400 anytime touchdown or uh, first uh, touchdown tonight. Definitely get a little sprinkle on that. Those are the plays. Rafael Davis coming up next. You don't want to miss that talk. And then after that, Coach Pat Chantley joined us. This is the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer and 1017. And welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show. 1017 The Hammer. 1017TheHammer.com. We're back over to our uh, Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline. Uh, you love this guy, man. I'll tell you what. Rafael Davis on with us here. 
Got so much stuff going on. You were, like I was saying, you were like the Ryan Seacrest of Purdue basketball, man. Every time I look up, you got like another job. You got like another gig going on here. I honestly do not know how you find the time to do all this stuff, man. Please teach me your secrets. No, it's been a lot of fun just trying to stay busy, uh, doing things that you care about and doing things that are important to you. It never feels like work. So just having a lot of fun with a lot of good guys and doing a lot of good work for the community. Speaking of doing good work for the community here, you've got an event coming up here that will uh, help you do some more good for the community. It's the Bigger Than Basketball Barbecue Fundraiser. It's going to be happening over at Ross Aid Stadium. Uh, this is on Thursday, October the 13th, so that's next week. Uh, this sounds like a cool event. It's $100 per person, and uh, you're going to have, man, you've got a lot of friends that are going to be there, and your friends are... Uh, God bless them, but uh, much cooler than my friends. <laughs> I mean, you got uh, – Robbie's going to be there, right? Smooch is going to be there. You got each one showing up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be um, – I'm real excited, real uh, grateful that the guys um, are coming through and supporting me and what we're doing and supporting, uh, obviously, uh, their former teammate and Lou Jack. Uh, like you said, Robbie Hummel, who come to our first one in August and spoke at that event. He enjoyed it. So he's uh, – decided that he would like to do it again. And then, like you said, Etwan Moore coming back to campus, um, getting smooshed back around would be a, a lot of fun, getting oh, yeah. him back on campus. That will be exciting. I know a lot of people are excited to see him. But I mean, but then you also have, I mean, the entire men's basketball team will be in attendance, the entire women. I mean, no, then you have five other women's basketball players that will be in attendance, hopefully a few more. So it's just the way that uh, we've been able to find a way to connect um, just our backgrounds through Purdue to help the, to help kids and help communities across the country. And it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to next week. We're talking with uh, Rayfeld Davis here. Again, the uh, Bigger Than Basketball Barbecue fundraisers coming up here. Uh, all right, so there's going to be all these like little celebrities here in attendance and all that stuff. So uh, when, when I purchase the ticket, I come out, I'm going to get some good food. And, and then what's the rest of the night consist? Is it kind of like a meet and greet thing? Is it, is, does everybody speak? Like, kind, kind of give me an idea of what the event is like. Yeah, you come out, you get some good food, and uh, that's over at Ross A. You have a uh, like everybody, everybody loves Ross A. So we'll be able to enjoy that, have a meet and greet to begin, and kind of just, I guess, walk around, talk with folks, mingle, and greet with each other. And then during the actual event, uh, Ryan K., who runs the Men of Mackey uh, TBT basketball team, mm-hmm. he pretty much hosts the event where each guy you'll see. Robbie, sit down and talk with Ryan and kind of interview him there with some questions, maybe take some from the crowd, see Etwan do the same, and then we maybe have some surprise guests, maybe do the same. Um, one, of, one of the men's basketball players, one of the women's basketball players, they have to field some questions, kind of talking about the upcoming season. Also how um, them being attendants using the NIL to do good, maybe how that, um, how that came about. So, It'd be more like a meet and greet at the beginning and during the actual event. We'll be talking to each individual, asking questions, and then I'll kind of come up and give details about the organization and our foundation, what we do, what we plan to do in the future, um, show gratitude, and kind of wrap up the evening. I know you've been doing a lot of good stuff with the camps and everything, too, with this, uh, but... Uh, outside of the camps, talk about some of the other stuff that you've been doing because I know you get a lot of these uh, young men and uh, women on campus as well too and, and kind of give them a taste of, of what it could be like to continue to work. Uh, talk a little bit about that kind of stuff that you've been doing as well. Yeah, two weeks ago we took eight boys, eight no, nine boys up to Purdue. Uh, we took nine boys up to Purdue from Fort Wayne from my neighborhood. Uh, 
for the weekend, not just for the football game, but for the weekend. We got on campus Friday, and um, Caleb First is connected through the NIL with the Purdue Alliance, and our foundation, Crew Life, is connected with the partner with the Purdue Alliance as well. So we were able to meet up with Caleb that Friday after school, and he took the guys around campus, showed them the different buildings, showed them where he had class. Uh, you saw different students walking around on campus on a Friday afternoon on a college campus, and eight middle school boys, nine middle school boys got to experience to see what that looks like. Then after that, we got to go over to Bruno's. Everybody loves Bruno's. Oh, yeah. Shout we out got, to Orlando. To <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We got to see um, T. Quinn being inducted to the um, Indiana Football Hall of Fame, and that was um, really cool because we have kids in our organization that basketball isn't their first sports love, that they love football. So to be able to see that and see someone of that caliber – see someone be inducted to a Hall of Fame was a really cool event, but also being in Bruno's, the boys got a kick out of just all the memorabilia and the pictures and the legacies that people left behind, and they start to understand that I want my picture on the wall like this one day. What was so after that, we got to... Say that again? Go, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, but then after that, I mean, in true fashion, uh, me, myself, uh, we found a park in Lafayette, an outdoor park, and we played basketball after that. We just... Uh, Chilled out, we played at the park for a couple hours, let the kids be kids. I'm real big on um, when we take trips, not just sitting in front of the TV playing a video game. We like to get out and about. So we found a park and played. We hung out, got some dinner. Then that next morning, we got to go over and see Coach Coach practice, Purdue practice. Coach hosted us. Um, coach came over and spoke to the guys, kind words of encouragement, asking each, asking each, other, each of them names. After that, I mean, all the assistant coaches got to – be introduced to the guys after practice. The guys are able to talk to the players, take some pictures with the players, be around the guys, see the locker room, see tour Mackey Arena with Caleb again. And that was um that was a I mean a, a even more cooler experience from there. I know I'm it's a lot, but I keep going. From there we went out and we tailgated. And that was um I think that was maybe the boys' favorite part of the trip was um <laughs> if you never know what a Saturday looks like at a tailgate on a major college campus university, but everybody's telling you to get good grades, you're going to go to college, it's going to be so much fun. If you don't know what that looks like, sometimes you don't know what you're striving for. So after that, they all kind of, I mean, in the Purdue fans, I mean, we were I mean, very welcome to be brought in and Fisher Farms, the family really hosted us and let the boys eat and whatnot. And it was just a beautiful experience and they really enjoyed that. We got to go watch the football game and, Purdue won the game. That was a lot of fun. Beat Indiana State. Um, they knew some guys from Indiana State, that cut guys from Fort Wayne. Um, but then after that, Brandon Newman came over to our Airbnb and just hung out for a little bit with the guys, played outside, played some catch with them. We spoke for a couple hours. It just was um, it was a great trip, and we plan to do that again here soon at Ohio State. We plan to go to Michigan State, Illinois, and we plan to just um, show the kids more and more, and rather it be – for the athletic experience and for the educational experience, either or. Because from that trip, one of our guys looked at me at the end of the trip and said, I want to be a mechanical engineer. I want to go to Purdue. That's amazing. And that's what this is about is that you may not have that – you may have that kid that loves basketball right now, but that just may not be his future. But if you use basketball to give them opportunities and to show them different, different lanes and different professions, they may fall in love with something else. And he was able to use this trip – to find out what he was passionate about. And now 
that's something that he wants to pursue. He knows that now at 13, he has to figure it out at 18. So and it's just been uh, – these type of experiences have been a lot of fun, and the parents and the kids, they've all got a lot out of it. So you, you see a big difference. I mean, you work with these kids all the time. You, you've seen a big difference then from where they were before like, these kind of trips and then after. I mean, the, I, I'm assuming that you, you just talked about that. They, they have a direction now here too, and, and I'm sure – once you can see that dream, you know, you, you conceptualize it and then you can actually physically see it and touch it like being on campus like here. Uh, I can only imagine uh, the, the work ethic's got to go like through the roof after that to want to achieve that, especially being around you, man, Mr. Work Ethic. Uh, I'm sure uh, they have like a new drive after an experience like that, don't they? No, I, I, I would agree. I would hope so uh, from each kid to kid is that they see that, they uh, they understand the the level of, embracement they got from campus and then they see me and they're used to my voice they kind of they know more than me at this point in their heads they uh, I'm coach I'm <laughs> someone they hear all the time so when they see me on campus and they see that little bit of attention I was able to gain and they know the stories I tell them I wasn't the leading scorer on the team I didn't average the most rebounds but I would like to say I played the hardest I was hard-nosed I respected everybody and this is the type of this is how they treat you. If you if you treat a university right, they'll treat you right. And I'm able to tell them stories like that. They see my my name on the wall at Mackey, and they don't believe it. But it kind of reminds me just of when I first got the Big Ten position when I started to be an analyst is that you preach so much to the kids, and then they finally see you do it. They saw me on TV. They saw me in a, in a role within basketball but not being a basketball player. And that shows them that there's other opportunities within it. And then they see me on campus and they see me working for Purdue and I'm talking to alums and I'm talking to different different people. They understand that you can do more things, whether it's with basketball or whether it's not. And it's just been it's been a lot of fun and a few of them have really um really gained just a a level of confidence in our relationship to where we talk about different things that don't have to do with sports or whatnot and it's just become more of a like a a mentorship and it's been a great ride and the guys I mean you look at Lewis Jackson and like I said coach Lou they call him coach Lou and they see the type of attention he gets on campus or they pull up his YouTube videos and when he's <laughs> yelling at them and he when he's dogging them and coach Lou is tough it don't matter how old you are they understand it's coming from a place of love and when you show kids that you've been through this you know it's tough I tell them I know this is hard but it's worth it it just gives them um and then you show them why it's worth it, you show them Purdue University, you show them Ohio State or different schools and those game days, or even if you're not a player, you're a fan, you can still enjoy it the same way. It, um, to me, it's, um, it's all about five years from now, them looking back on it and understanding the moment they were in. Rayfeld Davis, again, it's the Bigger Than Basketball Barbecue Fundraiser. Uh, with his uh, Crew Life Foundation and the uh, Boilermaker Alliance, doing such great work with the kids here. You can be a part of this. Lots of uh, former basketball, current basketball, men's and women's uh, going to be out there as well. It's just going to be a good time. Ray, if they want to get uh, tickets for this, how do they go about getting tickets for this? We have a um, we have a link on my Twitter, uh, Rayfield, at RayfieldDavis3. You can go to my website, uh, RayfieldDavisBasketball.com. Um, you can con- if you cannot find it there, you can honestly contact me two six zero three four eight one three four nine. Email is on crew life foundation at gmail dot com. So I mean, reach out to me if you can't find our link, but our link. But it should be a it should be a great night. We have a lot of um, outside of the guests that you already know are coming. 
we have a couple surprises that um, hopefully it, it comes to fruition. And our last dinner, we had Morgan Burke end up showing up. I mean, I mean not Morgan Burke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Rest <laughs> in peace, Morgan Burke. But Miss Daniels, Miss Daniels ended up showing up. I probably I don't know why I was thinking about. Mr. Berg right there. That would have been Ray, that would have been a heck of a get, man. That would have been a heck of a pickup. <laughs> but Mr. Daniels ended up showing up, which was great. And he was able to speak with the crowd and talk about everything and talk about our organization. So you just never know who pulls up. But I I, I can't assure you it will be a great night. I'm excited for it again. That's gonna be next Thursday, the thirteenth. Um go out there, pick up those tickets. It's gonna be a great night. You're supporting a great cause, supporting a great boilermaker. Uh, who is uh, just, well, let's be honest, he's just doing the most right now, especially with the kids, man. Uh, buddy, I- I'm so excited for this. I'm so happy that you continue to have this kind of success. And, man, I'm just pumped to see you on Big Ten Network sooner rather than later, man. I'm ready to get some hoops going. You ready? Oh, no, I'm really excited. I'm excited. Uh, Media Day is actually next Tuesday. So <sighs> I'll be out in Minnesota, back in my element. I've been, um, football is cool and football is fun, but, like you said, I'm ready for basketball, and it should be an exciting season. I think um, Purdue will. I think Purdue is in a rebuilding stage with a great pieces to rebuild with, and I think they can finish right there in the top four in the league again. And I think the league is wide open for anyone to win it. So it should be a great year in the league. I love it. Rafael Davis with us here on our Hammerhead Hotline. Pick up your tickets for next Thursday's dinner. It's going to be great. Raymond, I know you're a busy man, so thank you so much for taking the time telling us about this stuff. Oh, no, I appreciate you giving that. Welcome back. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. To the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline we go. Coach Pat Shanley on with us here from the Jet Broncos. 57-7 winners at Ellison last week over the McCutcheon Mavericks. Uh, Coach, a uh, great performance, I-, I thought, in all three facets here. Uh, you guys were, I mean, offensively, obviously very good. Uh, defense did a, uh, another tremendous job here as well. Special teams, I mean, it, it all just seemed to really click for you guys this week. Yeah, Jared, I, you know, I was just really proud of our guys' level of preparation. Um, you know, again, the, the week prior, we didn't feel like we had their full attention. We didn't have a great week of prep. Um, this week, you know, going into the McCutcheon game, our guys were really dialed in, just really focused um, on, on the attention to details that it takes to play good football. So, uh, you mentioned special teams. I do want to give a little bit of a shout-out to our special teams coordinator, Tom Riva. Um, it's our 11th special teams touchdown in less than three years. Um, he, he is a tremendous football coach, uh, was once the head football coach up at St. Joseph's College, my neck of the woods, Rensselaer, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, works at SIA here locally, just does a tremendous job uh, with our special teams, makes sure those guys are dialed in and fired up and uh, – you know, we're fortunate to, to have somebody of his caliber coaching that phase of the game for us. You know, last week we talked a little bit about Ethan Smith go, going back over to McCutcheon. Um, I, you know, I don't know that it was a huge, huge story, but it was something that some people were going to talk about. And anytime you, you have something like that, it can add a little bit of pressure uh, to a young man, but he seemed to handle it really well. 10 for 12, 127 yards, three touchdowns. I mean, it doesn't get more efficient than that, does it? Yeah, I was, you know, honestly really impressed with, just his level of preparation, he treated it honestly like every other week. I can't imagine um, how emotional that could be for some people, but um, really he did not seem phased by it at all. Uh, just, just again, like I said, his, his preparation is really good. You know, he, he spends a lot of extra time, you know, going through the script, um, making phone calls uh, late at night, honestly, talking through specific plays, what what we want done on, on this or that. Um, I mean, he's just, the kid's just a true champion. Um, his preparation is, is really impressive. And, and again, he, he prepared for McCutcheon like he has every other week thus far. And, and uh, you know, we're excited about his growth and 
uh, excited to see him continue to get better. Yeah, just uh, two more weeks left of the regular season for him to uh, really start to ramp that thing up. Like you said, uh, d- didn't get started till uh, a couple of weeks ago, but here he is. Uh, uh, a trip out to uh, Marion this week. I know that's not uh, uh, an NCC team that's been uh, crushing it as of late, but still it's an opportunity for you guys to uh, get a little bit better. I-, I feel like you guys have had several opportunities like this so far this season, but it, it builds the depth. I mean, we got a, a nice little look last week at uh, you know uh, uh, J.K. Powers as well. I mean, uh, seeing some sophomores starting to run the football here. When you can do that, Coach, uh, just tell the listeners, uh, what does that do to the longevity of your program? I, I feel like when you get guys like that, Friday night reps, I, I mean, that makes a big difference going forward in their careers, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, honestly, Jared, we um, in, you know, I don't know if this is uh, the right or wrong thing to do, but as we're transitioning in the playoffs and we're you know, inviting freshmen to come up and practice us, we do take a, a, a brief moment to look at projected depth charts for next year and making sure we've got – guys in the right spot and making sure we're filling in gaps as we should this late in the season. So, you know, we're, we're excited about Jacaden. We're excited about, you know, the depth um, that, that we are building. Um, so, you know, it, it's, we, we've been fortunate this year where we've been able to get up and get some, some leads on some guys and, and uh, some teams and, and be able to, to see what the future looks like. So, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're excited, uh, most excited about just uh, how hard these kids work in the, in the weight room and how hard they practice each and every day. When you do look at the Marion Giants on tape, is there uh, something that they seem to do particularly well that you need to focus on shutting down this Friday night? Yeah, they've got good speed and, and, and good size up front on both lines. Um, you know, honestly, they're they're well coached. James Bell, you know, he's been a uh, you know he's coached in the Big Ten, he's coached in NIA level uh, as a head coach, so he knows what he's doing. Um, you know, numbers are seem to be a little bit down there. Uh, their roster size doesn't seem like quite what it's been over the last few years. But, again, uh, you know, they've got our full attention. They've, they've got guys that can make you pay if you're not dialed in and not locked in. But, um, you know, again, we're, we're just trying to continue to move the needle the right direction, continue to stay locked in on, on, on what makes our schemes and each and every individual play successful. Do you feel like you're starting to hit a stride now? I mean, you, you want to be peaking around this time here in the middle of October. So uh, do you feel like that this team has its identity and uh, that it's starting to hit its stride at this moment? Yeah, I don't know. Honestly, again, uh, it's, you know, we'll, we'll circle back on who we were and, and what we were, you know, in front of us, the practice reps that are right in front of us right now. So it's been a group that's been fun to coach. It's been a group that's responded well to adversity. And, uh, you know, again, we're just trying to take it one day at a time. I'm excited about the potential of this group. Jeff Broncos taking on uh, Marion on the road 730 this week. Coach Pat Shanley. Buddy, just a couple of weeks left in the regular season. I'm excited to see how it finishes up. It's always a pleasure talking football with you, my friend. Hey, thanks a lot, Jared. Again, appreciate you all the support and all the all the uh, just the publicity you provide for everybody. Yeah, welcome back. It's the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. Always a pleasure to talk with Coach Pat Shanley. We'll get his interview up here shortly, right after uh, we get uh, done with the show. We'll get that up. Rafael Davis already up as well. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we'll get some more postings up for that Bigger Than Basketball fundraiser. Uh, BBQ, where you get to rub arms with, um, let me just bring up some of the names here. First, we know Robbie's going to be there. We know Etwan's going to be there. Lou Jack going to be there as well. Those, I mean, that right there would be a lot of fun. But you got more on the VIP list here from current basketball players. I mean, basically they're all in. I'm looking at what do we got here? 5, 10, 
uh, 14 players. It's got to be pretty much the entire roster, right? I think the only one that's not listed on here is Zach right now. So you get all of them. Uh, also, uh, judging by his uh, feed here, uh, several of the, I think we got about four or five of the, and I think he brought it up, four or five of the uh, women's team going to be there as well. I know there was a graphic here. I can't find it, though. Here we go. Jayla Smith, Madison Layden, Ricky Woltman, Janae Terry, they're all going to be there as well. It's going to be a really great, it's a really awesome fundraiser. And this is the kind of stuff NIL was built for, too, I think. So I dig that. Um, but, yeah, you can pick up tickets to this thing. It's very easy to do. We'll get the uh, link back up here. Or if you want to go to uh, RayfeldDavisBasketball.com to do it, you find us on Twitter, find us on Facebook. Ray's just doing the most. I love Ray. Ray's the best, man. Good for him. you love to see it. Um. All right, uh, again, busy weekend here with football. We talked about the Big Ten West here. Uh, somebody's going to have to explain to me what is going on. I mean, what are you doing in Indianapolis, Colts? Yet another week where they were god-awful out of the gate. Oh, it was bad. They stink in the first half. And then poor decisions at the end of the game make no sense to me. Uh, there's the surrender index that says Indy's decision to punt to Tennessee from the Tennessee 39-yard line on a 4th and 15 with at the beginning of the 4th quarter, down 24-17. to 17. That punt ranks in the 99.3 percentile of cowardly punts this year. And in the 97th percentile of cowardly punts since 1999. What I, that one aside, the one that absolutely blew my mind was what did they have? 204 left. And they attempted that field goal that went wide left. Now, they're sitting on a fourth and what was it, like 21? Is that what we're looking at at the end there? And to me, the math doesn't... What are you doing? Fourth and 21 from the Tennessee 33. Okay? You're down seven. Now, I, I, I know what you're going to... This is if you're a supporter, here's what you're going to say to this. Is you kick the field goal right now. If you can go down and score the touchdown, you win the game instead of forcing overtime. Maybe. But the unlikelihood of the of, of what you do there, I think about this. Now you do have all three timeouts. Let's say you hit the field goal. And it's a four-point game. You still need a touchdown. So what do you have to do? You hit the field goal, then you can try an onside kick. We all know what the percentages of that is. Or you could go ahead and kick it deep, and then you've got to stop them on uh, three straight plays right then and there. Because you're not going to have the two. You're, you're not going to have the uh, two minute timeout to use to stop the clock, unless you kick it out of the back of the end zone. Then you get the free timeout there. 
So you at that point, you have to take the onside kick out of it, right? You have to be able to kick it out of the back of the end zone. You do that, let's say you get the three stops. And you save yourself, what, like 140 maybe? Then that ball has to be punted all the way down the field, and you're going to have to go 80 yards and get that score with maybe a timeout, right? That's it. That's if you manage to kick it out of bounds, out the back. That's, that, that's what you have to go do. Seems like a lot of legs of the parlay to hit when you should just bet the game straight. Take the shot there. What's the worst that happens? You come up short? Okay, you come up short. Guess what? You're in the same position that you were before. You got the three timeouts and you have to take the first three stops. That's what you have to do. And then they kick it away. You don't have any of the timeouts, but you still end up with that same field position. It just, I don't know that that makes sense to me. Why not go take the shot? Maybe you get yourself a PI flag and you get that touchdown there. All you're doing is making yourself have to jump through more hoops to get a chance to do exactly what you're doing uh, from the 30-some-odd-yard line there. It just doesn't make any dang sense. Take the shot. You can still go out there and stop them three times. You lose the free timeout, I guess, but still, think of what you're asking to do here. Kick the 50-yard field goal with the call-up guy or go for it. Just seems like a real cowardly thing to do. You brought Matt Ryan in for a reason. And I don't think it's to do exclusively fumble the football, even though he seems to think that. What, he's up to eight, eight fumbles this year? Eight times he's put it on the turf? How much longer do the heads roll in Indianapolis? The dumpster fire. I mean, even the defense shut out Tennessee in the second half, and you still couldn't find ways on offense to win these games. Now, you got the Broncos on Thursday Night Football out in Mile High. If you can't win that, somebody's got to lose a job. They just lost their starting running back. Russell Wilson is off the off the mental reservation, so to speak. You got to draw a line in the sand if you're in Indianapolis. You don't get it done this Thursday night in Denver. There's going to have to be some sweeping changes. Otherwise, what what are you doing? You're looking at winning six, seven games max at this rate. That's going to do it for us here on the Hammerdown Show tomorrow. Uh, Coach Terry Peoples will join us here, so you don't want to miss out on that. Harrison rolling and looking for another win again this Friday night. We'll talk with him, and uh, we're going to see if we can line up. Uh, I'm going to call Tom Dean Hart. Maybe we can get him on the show tomorrow to talk about what's going on in the Big Ten West. That's tomorrow back here on the Hammerdown Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017